0: On this week's dose, we have Katie Castillo-Wilson, CEO and founder of Tap On It, the only multi-image business texting platform based out of beautiful Davenport, Iowa. Quad Cities, baby.
1: Katie and her sister, Sarah, actually started the business in 2015 when text message marketing was only just getting off the ground.
0: Yeah, and they have since evolved the business into a software as a service, a SaaS, which offers self-service to small businesses, in addition to much more comprehensive solutions for medium to large businesses as well.
1: In the interview, you'll hear about Katie's background and how Tap On It has grown into the company it is today, including a major pivot in 2020 due to the pandemic.
0: Yeah, stick with us as she breaks down what it's been like as a woman founder building a business out of Iowa, not a typical combination we're used to in venture.
1: And lastly, we wrap things up with Katie's advice to females looking to get into venture, as well as some of her go-to entrepreneurship resources, as well as we'll hear about a scrumptious woman-founded startup out of Iowa to keep your eyes out for.
0: It was a blast to have Katie on this week's Dose. And with that, let's
1: dive into the interview. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of Independent Brokered Solutions, LLC, or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security.
0: to see here, kid. You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath,
1: and jump. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture.
0: On this week's Dose, we welcome on Katie Castillo-Wilson, founder and CEO of Tap On It. Um, how's it going, Katie? We, we met at South by Southwest. I'm sure you're coming down from that, um, <laughs> recovering nicely, I assume.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was great meeting you guys, and South by was great this year. We got to meet a lot of cool people, including yourselves, and um, walked away with some really cool people added into our network, and so, yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah. Was that your first time down there in Austin or had you been to South by before?
2: You know, I've been there a few times. I know that it, uh, my sister, Sarah, who you also met and co-founder, uh, it was her first time, I believe, for or second time for South by. I had been there in 2018 and 2019, had planned on attending like many people in 2020 <laughs> and then, you know, quick hiatus and mm-hmm. was back as soon as it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly bounced back, and uh, Brandon and I had some fun getting some street interview content. So it was certainly buzzing, and it was a fun time this this go around. Hopefully, successful connections wise for Tap on it, which we're excited to, to dive into a little bit more, for sure. Great.
1: Yeah, it was it was Venture Pills first South by Southwest. Sam and I have both been there a couple of times, pick and choose some events, but it was a a smashing success of a first South by for Venture Pill. Uh, but (laughs) getting the ball rolling here on this interview, Katie, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background. Did you always plan on starting a business, uh, specifically within (laughs) text message marketing and just would love to hear about what you've built with tap on it?
2: Sure. Um, no, I definitely did not always plan on starting a business. Um, so I was born and raised here in Iowa, which is where our company is actually located. We're in the quad cities with our office in Davenport, Iowa, um, I started out going to Iowa State. Uh, surprise, I ended up having been blessed with my son my first year in college, who he is now a sophomore at NYU. And so the path that I thought I would have in my life and like the whole trajectory completely shifted um, <laughs> for the better. Now I know. And now I started out. Um, in sales, I have a degree in business management and accounting, and then I ended up working for our local newspaper as a digital advertising director back in 2007, and that was where I really kind of found my um, passion for marketing and helping other businesses grow their business. And email was all a rage then; you know, people were just starting to really focus on building their social media following and to me, um, there was a huge opportunity that I saw in the text messaging space, right? Email's great, but we all have multiple email addresses. Every time you get a new job, you get a new email address. Whereas for the most part, we have one cell phone number. It's tied to everything in your life. And I bet you guys have only ever had one cell phone number in your life and (laughs) hopefully never have to change it. Right. So You know, Mm -hmm. there's just a space where if brands could start to build relationships with their customers or audiences at this all phone number level right now using text, it actually sets them up for success wherever it goes next in the whole world of communication. And so I quit my job, uh, much to my family's (laughs) dismay, back in June of 2014. And I somehow wrapped my sister and roped her into um, this whole idea of, hey, let's build a text message marketing and communications platform. We were super early in the space. So, you know, at that point, businesses really weren't communicating via text and the ones that were, were only using SMS. And so really the big idea that we had was just that brands should be able to include images more than one ideally in the text messages that they're sending out to their audiences because people are visual and it would convert at a higher rate. So, yeah, I mean, that was the path we went on. Let's start a business where you can text pictures to your customers instead of just words. And here we are eight years later, and it has been a wild ride. But no, definitely not the path I'd planned on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and so over that eight eight or so years, almost coming up on nine, uh, how, how have you seen businesses, large and small, their receptiveness and kind of their... I guess the demand, how have you seen that evolve over those years for text message marketing, but also your solution um, a little bit, you know, of a better mousetrap with images? How has that reception changed over the years?
2: Well, back when I first, when back when we first started Tap On It, first of all, our company was originally called Jump On It. So surprise, that was an interesting lesson that we learned about trademarking and things like that <laughs> early in the years. Mm. Um, but even when it came to like, just starting the business and raising money. I mean, I heard things like, you know, why would you want a database of people's cell phone numbers? Nobody's going to sign up to get texted ads, um, you know, things like that. And so we have that hurdle to jump in the beginning was just like, this is a thing people will sign up for ads from businesses that they love and businesses will pay to make sure those ads are sent via text. Right. And once we got a little bit of traction there, um, things started to pick up and, Honestly, like our whole business model uh, in the beginning was more focused around building a database that we owned, all right, which is called Tap On It Deals, to send out offers and promotions from local businesses to consumers in the area who signed up to receive them. Kind of like Groupon, but free to consumers and businesses would just pay literally pennies to have their ads texted out. and. So we raised $2 million from Gannett back in January of 18. Our business was growing. Um, I remember my sister and I, we were in Cabo with my kids and our mom uh, in January, or I'm sorry, New Year's Eve of uh, 19, 20, um, toasting how awesome 2019 had been and talking about our plans for scaling the company in 2020. And then, (laughs) you know, Uh, we launched a sweepstakes actually giving away a trip. It was a nationwide sweepstakes. It was our first big marketing promotion to grow our top on It deals audience. And we launched on March 2nd and you could enter for your chance to win a trip to Greece with you and seven of your closest friends where you got to stay on a yacht for five nights, right? Like this was a killer prize that everybody was going to want. Except for like a week later, a yacht <laughs> looked like a cruise ship, and then nobody could leave the country. So thought twist, <laughs> right? Um, we just, we had to shift our focus. Luckily, we had started building out a um, software as a service side of our platform. You know, Tap on a deals helped us validate the model, again, that consumers would sign up for texts from businesses, and businesses would pay for those texts. And the technology that we had built over those first years is what powers our solution today and so when we look at the space like competitively we're the only ones who can actually say not only can we help you grow your databases using our technology but we've also we've actually grown our own database engaged users monetized it tracked results and you know driven real traffic that's helped to grow and sustain businesses so Um, long way of saying that, you know, over the years it's changed a lot. Um, and COVID definitely gave us, like I said, a a major plot twist, but, um, coming out on the other side now, I'm more excited about our opportunities to help businesses in a completely different way. And the technology is further along. Um, and so, yeah, it's been kind of crazy, but, um, we're feeling pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How's that for timing? March, 2020 may be the one time in history that people aren't interested in a free yacht trip to Greece, right? That's, (laughs) that's insane. (laughs) It was crazy.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I am very thankful that, you know, we were able to pull back like all this marketing we had scheduled and, you know, just conserve cash because at that point that's what we had to do. And, you know, um, I've definitely, there's been times, and I think every founder has this, where you start to question whether you're on the right path and, you know, should you quit or is it worth it? Or I should just go get a normal person job. And, you know, if we were ever going to quit, like that would (laughs) have been the time, right? I mean, our revenue dropped 80% within a month and, and there was really nothing we could do about it. And, you know, our advertisers, their businesses were closing. And so, I mean, you couldn't be anything but compassionate for the situations that they were in and try and figure out how to just hang on. And so we were thankful that we qualified for things like the SBA loans. Um, And then we shifted to raising a round of convertible notes to keep things moving. And um, we actually have investors here locally that um, are what really kept us alive and gave us that opportunity to kind of not kind of to completely shift the focus of our business, rebuild everything, the branding, the website, you know, how people found us and um, and our technology so that we had this solid multi tenant approach that could scale. And it was not easy. Um, we, <laughs> we did some crazy things to generate revenue um, during that time. At one point, we had a Shopify store where we were so- selling PPE. So if you look really hard, you can probably find videos of me like modeling face masks, like, oh, you can get a black face mask. You can get a scary clown face mask. We sold <laughs> shields and gloves and you know all of that. And it brought in revenue. We launched a program called the Community Gift Card, which still exists today. Um, it was great for the communities, not great for our bottom line. Margins were bad, but it's cool. And it still is doing what we had hoped it would do. And then While all of that was happening, um, like I said, we were able to really start to bring on customers, and they've been growing with us ever since. Um, I think we've last year our churn rate was less than one percent, so I think that speaks volumes to um, the customers that we secured back during that time where they needed the help, and um, and they've stuck with us. And you know, your original question had been, how has that whole this whole industry and businesses changed over the years? Like I said, we were early in the space and investors thought we were crazy. And then businesses were like, "Uh, I don't know about this. But as our traction gained and then COVID hit, I mean, this whole industry has really exploded. And I think that consumers in general are more open to communicating with the brands that they love via text than anybody ever expected. So we're at a pivotal point right now. We've done some really cool things lately. Our technology is killing it. We have a complete self-serve version of our platform so literally any size business whether you're a micro business like a podcast that's growing <laughs> right and you're trying to just keep people in the know you can hop on our platform and for as little as 50 dollars a month start building out that communication channel all the way up to enterprise brands um major sports teams some major uh, toy companies and lots more that are using our platform for marketing communication even employee engagement so yeah it's It's a busy space, much more accepted now, but I feel like we have some unique um, value and propositions to bring to these businesses. So we have our space. Totally.
1: totally, Yeah. And I love that. I love to hear, you know, that the PPE marketplace, whatever it takes (laughs) mentality. And obviously a a pivot of that magnitude um, is always going to have some friction with it, but glad to see that Tap On It has survived and thrived out of it all the way to this interview with VenturePill, which is the pinnacle of, that, of any startup. It no, is. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> but uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned clients of different, of different sizes, and with that, I would like to segue to another question here, which is, how do you get connected with and eventually land major brands and larger enterprise clients? And additionally, how is your pitch to those larger corporations? Diff- how does that differ uh, than your pitch yeah. to smaller, medium business- businesses, small podcasts, and the like?
2: <laughs> well, all right. So, first of all, I think that the pitch itself on like our technology and how powerful it is and how good it is for building those like deep engagement and relationships with the people in your audience, it doesn't necessarily change from a small business up to an enterprise because the key is One, we can help you build a database of cell phone numbers, which sets you up for success in whatever form of communication or marketing that comes next, right? Because people don't change their cell phone numbers. So we have a solution that can help any size business. And one of the things that we're able to talk to brands about is, like I said, we're the only ones who have experience not only in helping our customers, then clients build databases, grow them, engage them, monetize them. Um, We have... Really cool tools to help the end users share and grow those databases. So, just some really unique things. But we're the only ones who can say that we've done that, not mm-hmm. only for our clients, but also for ourselves, which gives us this deep knowledge of the industry and what works and what doesn't. And, you know, when we look around this competitive space, There's a lot of businesses that have come into this industry where maybe they have a completely different technology that they've been selling for years, whether they're an ESP, an email service provider that all of a sudden is like, let's add text into this, right? SMS and MMS, or even a major platform like Salesforce or, you know, Braze or whatever, where they have so many different things that they're offering. And now texting becomes one of those solutions that fits into that. Which is cool, right? You know, and I mean, kind of your Walmart type, you know, one stop shopping. But there are also companies like ours where our experience is super focused, which means that our results are super focused and we can build integrations into whatever platform it is that you guys want. So you can track things, you know, and pull database information and those sort of things. But when it comes to having awesome customer service from people who, actually know how to use the technology and how to work with people in your database and the people you're trying to get into the database um you'll you won't be able to find a better team to help with that and so you know like i said on the small business side we have our self serve solution because as much as i would Mm -hmm. love to have every one of our clients get to you know spend time on the phone or you know do strategy calls it's not scalable right So instead, the team has focused on building out this really in-depth client resource center so you can have access to templates. You can have access to ideas, content, um, suggestions, best practices, real results so that you can see what's worked for other businesses and then apply it to your own. And then, you know, we're constantly sending out um, tips via our own text newsletter. So you can always sign up for it. Just go to our website. You'll get a pop up Um, via email. You know, I mean, there's just all of this that we do that we provide to any size business, business, all of our clients. And then on the enterprise side, you know, the services can go much deeper. So clearly we'll hop on a call. um, We'll build out strategies specific to that brand and then help to implement them. And depending on whether they need a little bit of help in the beginning and then want to be able to do it all on their own, we can offer that all the way up to professional services where some of the major brands have us actually like, creating managing and deploying and measuring the results of the campaigns that they're sending
0: incredible a lot yeah (laughs) no 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 awesome there and one thing i wanted to drill in a a little bit deeper on you mentioned your team i'm sure that your team means the most to you specifically growing the company alongside your sister sarah who i also had the chance to meet in austin what is it what has that been like with your sister tell us a little bit more about the team Um, there in Iowa?
2: You know, everybody says you shouldn't work with your family, right? You shouldn't hire your friends, um, things like that. Well, I've done both of those (laughs) and while sometimes that relationship can be a little bit rocky as you're mixing, you know, family and business and friendship and all of that together. Um, starting a business with my sister, one has brought us closer together. I mean, there's almost five years between us. So we were never in high school together. Right. Um, She was super annoying when I was in high school and she always (laughs) stole my stuff and it was really annoying, (laughs) no, but, um, you know, I mean, we had a big enough age gap that we were never super close and, you know, I saw how talented Sarah was in the marketing realm and communications. And whereas I'm kind of that nerdy side of things. So when I started working on this whole idea, it just made sense that we could do this together and i'm incredibly grateful for the fact that she was willing to take a complete leap of faith into this completely unknown world um because i can't picture having a better partner um i don't trust anyone more than i trust my sister and so you know is it for everyone to work with your family probably not um i do think it works really well that she lives in nashville and i live in iowa because we might drive each other a little bit more crazy if we were seeing each (laughs) other every day but um she's my biggest supporter i'm hers um we're here to cheer each other on pick each other up when we're down and um together we've been able to create something that we hope inspires other women and anyone really throughout the country and beyond to um take take a leap of faith and start something themselves and then soon after Sarah and I started, we brought in our operations ma- Rachel, who's now our operations manager. She's been with us literally since, I don't know, a couple months into the whole business and has been oh, wow. helping to build it from the ground up. So, you know, if you were to talk to Rachel, she'll tell you she's done everything from having to randomly design ads, which back in the day we did in PowerPoint, to creating reports, pulling things directly from an Excel sheet, from a database into an Excel sheet. Um, emailing it out, like it used to take us three days just to generate a report for campaigns to send out weekly Uh to now she'll tell you she doesn't even know how to schedule a campaign anymore because we have an amazing team that's completely changed the process. They've automated like everything and they are so knowledgeable that we don't even have to worry about it. And so, you know, since 2015, we've been growing this team of really talented individuals. Um, It's super cool. Almost everybody is here in our office in Davenport, Iowa. So we have recruited people, engineers, uh, product designers, all sorts to actually move to Iowa to work at TAP on it. You know, I know it sounds crazy, but the cost of living is incredible. You can get Mm -hmm. a whole lot for a whole little here. So if anybody's looking for something new, the winters are (laughs) questionable at best. Our weather I describe as bipolar. Um, so, you know, but if you're looking for something new, reach out for sure. Uh, it's fun. We've got a cool culture of a lot of innovative people that are all working towards the same goal of scaling a company and building something that makes an impact.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. A, a strong team is so imperative to a business's success, right? Small and large. Uh, we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but you're based out of Quad Cities, Quad Cities, Iowa, which... Yes. Sam Sam is a purebred Midwesterner. I am not, so I, I had to actually Google it. But I imagine okay. you I imagine you've had some pressure externally from people saying, "Oh, you know, you, if you're going to do a startup, you should be in the Bay Area, you should be in New York, maybe even Chicago." Yeah. So I'd love to hear what it means to you to be based out of Quad Cities, which represents, sure. you know, a relatively small number of startups that operate out of there and outside yes. of any particular major city like Chicago.
2: Right. Well, first of all, allow me to clarify. The Quad Cities is two cities in Iowa, two cities in Illinois. We straddle the Mississippi River.
1: All right. So we got
2: Davenport and Bettendorf, Iowa and Moline and Rock Island, Illinois. East Moline is sometimes considered a Quad City, but that would make it five and that doesn't work out. It's really confusing. Uh, I'm not sure who's in charge of that but John (laughs) is actually headquartered here. So you actually have a pretty decent sized population, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a growing market. And I mean, I was born and raised here. My kids went to school here at the same school that Sarah and I went to, our mom was the nurse. So, you know, honestly, I don't think you could find a better place to um, find a community that's going to help you, your family, your business be successful. So cheers to the Quad Cities. Um, (laughs) Has it been difficult and have people told us we would have to move? hundred percent you know, from the early years trying to raise money like right off the bat and people being like, well, you know, basically, I mean, they didn't say it exactly like this, but pretty close. Like, who are you to think that you can start a whole new technology company in Iowa? Ew, and you're a girl. Um, that's crazy. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, but you know, it, it was hard. And then we started once we had raised money from Gannett, which that, like I said, was January of 18. Um, we were able to pick things up and start running. And so in 2019, along with the magnificent year we had and, you know, our toast in Cabo and plans for 2020, we were planning to raise a larger round at that point. And so I spent a lot of time traveling and just kind of starting conversations with um, funds in San Francisco, LA, New York, um, Chicago, kind of all over the place. And I would hear almost everywhere I went that, you know, in order to build a technology company, you need to be in California. You need to be in Silicon Valley or New York. And for me, that just wasn't an option, to be honest. You know, My kids were young. They were in um, elementary school and high school. And I loved it here. My family was here. And I just was too dang stubborn (laughs) to think (laughs) that I should go from having this lean business model where I could have a a great team of people who were 100% dedicated to the success and scaling the business at an affordable rate because the cost of living is affordable i mean like for us we have a 5,000 square foot office that we pay like five thousand dollars for i don't even know what that would cost in silicon valley or new york but why (laughs) a lot would somebody that really wants to grow a company right like why invest in something and then tell them to you know decrease their potential profits whereas we can do everything here thanks to the internet zoom airplanes, Mm -hmm. we can do it from here. And smart people with big ideas should be able to start a business no matter their gender, no matter where they live, no matter their color of skin from anywhere, not just a big city. So um, like I said, I was too stubborn. We stayed here and here we are eight years later. And has it been easy? No. Um, Would we be further along had we been in one of these other major cities? Maybe. Would we be further along if I was a white male, maybe, but we can't change those things. And so, you know, instead we power forward and look to prove everyone wrong.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely love that. Yeah. And you know what, the (laughs) the pandemic was a blessing in disguise too, in many ways. Yeah. Um, Kind of leveling the playing field for any, you know, anywhere to be a startup hub. So I'm sure you've seen how that, how that has benefited your team. You started to tell us a little bit about the fundraising journey, you know, we, we often yeah. cite this stat that less than 2% of VC dollars are invested in women founders. I know there are some stats around people of color and other minorities as well. Um, how has the fundraising journey been since that first investment and um, what maybe are the plans moving forward?
2: You know, I think one of the biggest um, blessings or whatever that I had through all of this is that I didn't realize it was supposed to be really hard. Like I just kind of had an idea and I'm like, okay, well, this makes sense and here's how it's going to make money. And, um, I had actually been approached to help another startup here in the area. And I'm like, Oh, that's not really my thing. This is kind of what I'm thinking. And he's like, all right, well, I'd put money towards that. And that was it, right? Like that was the beginning. And luckily there were lots of other successful business owners here in the area that, you know i had worked with in my prior career that were like okay they didn't necessarily maybe 100 percent understand exactly what we were going to do but they saw the fact that and i think you know most people know that when it's just an idea they're investing in the founders right they're investing in the people mm-hmm. who are going to run the business and so they saw sarah and i as somebody who as people who were passionate and um dedicated and wanted to build something new and different right from here and so, you know, they threw the money in. Um, when it came to raising money from Gannett, it was hard. Um, I really didn't even consider at that point, like back in 2017, uh, that I would need to go to Silicon Valley or New York. And so I spent a lot of time here in the Midwest trying to raise money, and it was rough. All of the horror stories you hear about, like the comments and the, you know, just the weird rejections or I don't even know how you describe it, that um, women often hear when having those uh, early conversations about funding. It's all true, and it's really sad. Um, And, you know, someday I'll write a book, and depending on how the rest of my future goes, we'll decide if names. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to name anybody. But um, (laughs) no, but there's, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from how things have been done in the past what I'm excited about is the fact that so many people of all genders are actually talking about it, right? Like the fact that you guys call it out on your podcast and recognize that there's something wrong with less than 2% or 3% or whatever the stat is now going to female founders, that's how change starts to happen. And so um, it's cool to start seeing all of the different funds that are focused on helping, you know, diverse businesses and founders. Um, I know that, People want to see change, and it's going to take a long time for it to happen. But um, talking about it is the way that we get there. And I wish I could tell you that it's been some easy story since 2018. It hasn't. Um, But I also am not in a position, nor do I want to go out and raise, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And maybe it's my Iowa roots or something, but we're actually looking to Build a business that's profitable sooner rather than later and then be able to operate something that can continue to grow not just through fundraising but based on revenue and um it, it's not because i care about you know what my percentage is or anything like that you know i have the belief that i'd rather have a small piece of a really big pie than a really big piece of nothing right so right. um you know if it comes to having to raise a business or raise money fine, we'll go about that. If we have an opportunity to take on debt over equity, uh, it's a heck of a lot cheaper. And um, <laughs> most importantly, though, we're focused on growing the business through new clients and through revenue and through success of working with our the clients that we win and helping them to grow.
1: Yeah. If, if, if becoming profitable before raising money and getting in over your skis is the Iowa mindset, then more people need the Iowa mindset. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't <love> know. That. <laughs> <laughs> um but in light of some of those numbers we touched up on uh we'd love to know any advice you may have uh and some of those numbers just to backtrack a little bit of how skewed towards men venture capital is. So with that, do you have any advice that you'd like to give to women or younger girls out there looking to build a startup or raise money for their business or really just tap into venture capital at large?
2: Yeah. Um some of it I think I probably already said. You know, I mm-hmm it shouldn't matter where you live or who you are or what your gender is or your skin color or anything like that if someone has a great idea and they're willing to you know take that first step in in moving it into a real thing beyond an idea which not everyone can do right not everybody's built for it and not everyone should start a company but if you've got something and you've got the passion and you've got the drive and willingness to to move forward, then you should have an opportunity. And so, you know, the advice that I have is usually around your network, making sure that you have a supportive network, whether that's your family, your friends, the people who invest in your business, advisors, mentors, um, I don't know, the person who works at Target, whatever, somebody who's gonna be cheering you on, right? (laughs) Like you have to have cheerleaders alongside of you because it can be super lonely. And, you know, for women going into business, I think it's really important that you find other women in business that you can lean on and turn to when the going gets tough, because the tough it, the going is going to get tough. Like, this is not easy. Um, it's not impossible, but it's not easy. But luckily. Um, We ladies, we were built for hard things. And so, you know, it's, it's something that you can do and having people who can give you advice or, you know, point you in the right direction, or even just keep you from making mistakes that they've made, whether they're, they ran a business, they started a business, no matter how big it is, or even if it failed, right? Like those are the kind of people that will help you along your way. So, um, reach out, connect ask for help um oftentimes when you ask people are, are really happy to help you and when they tell you to let them know if you need anything in the future when you meet when you meet someone keep that in mind send a thank you note make it easy to follow back up later because you absolutely never know when somebody that you meet along the way might be someone that you could help or they could help you in the future so build that network it's important
0: yeah no that's that's great advice um for anyone for anyone looking to get into venture. Um, and we'll, we'll plug, uh, your information as well. If any, and our listeners would like to reach out to you to be that person. So we'll get there, but a couple of quick questions to wrap up today's interview, Katie, we wanted to know if you had any like cool, uh, inspiring books or podcasts other than ours, um, resources, <laughs> about <Aww>. venture entrepreneurship <laughs> that you'd recommend to anybody looking to get into the space.
2: Yeah. So I was thinking about that and, um, I, I love listening to podcasts that are stories of founders, um, whether it's how I built this or, you know, masters of scale or things like that, you know, 99% of the time they had some crazy story, some crazy experience. They have good advice on what to do or what not to do in those podcasts. And I don't know, it just makes everything seem a little bit more relatable. Right. And so I love listening to those and we'll do that whenever I can. Um, Let's see. I'm currently trying to figure out how to biohack my mind and body for success. I don't get enough Mm. sleep as it is, and I'm trying to figure out how I can do more with less sleep. And I'm not sure that I'm conquering that one, but I'll (laughs) let you know if I can figure it out. Um, (laughs) You know, I. I don't get to read enough. I wish I had time to read more. And so oftentimes though, where I tend to learn is from my network. So, you know, catching up with people, even if I can get 30 minutes on a calendar, asking what they're up to, asking to what they're read, you know, asking them what they're listening to, what they're reading, what they're seeing in their industries is oftentimes how I try and stay current about things that are in our interest industry and also like women in business and tech and everything in general. Um, I love the information, which is where we met, right? Um, so mm-hmm. the information.com, is super cool. I feel like it's really relevant news that's happening, you know, in our world, the business world, the tech world, all of those things right now. And it digs a little bit deeper into the stories. So major plug there. Um, Yeah. And then, of course, venture.
1: (laughs) Of course. Love it. Some awesome resources and suggestions there. Thank you, Katie. Um, Definitely circle back if you do figure out how to do more with less sleep. I'm Highly intrigued um, on that as someone who doesn't sleep too well either. Also, you I alluded know. to a book that you may write. Please put us on the early wait list for that book when it's, whenever it's available. Um, it's going to be copy. hilarious.
2: There will be a lot of foul <laughs> language. I have been very well behaved in this podcast. <laughs> Just so you know.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Um, one more question for you. Are there any other startups out there that we may not know that we should have on our radar?
2: Well, locally, there is a company called Cookies and Dreams. It's female-founded. They make cookies that, I don't know, they might have crack in them or something. They're super addictive (laughs) and delicious and awesome. And they just opened a couple new locations here in the Midwest. They're, you know, killing it with their online sales. And I know that they're expanding pretty quickly. So um, there's one in Naperville, so not too far from Chicago that they just opened. So, yeah, Uh, check out Cookies and Dreams. I think it's idreamaboutcookies.com. So Stephanie, the founder, oh, nice. is fantastic. So tell her I right say,
1: yeah. Awesome. We're, putting, we're putting Quad Cities <laughs> on the map.
2: There you go. One text <laughs> at a time. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. There you go. Katie, it's been a pleasure. What, what is the best way for our listeners, the pilgrims, to get in touch with you on social media or directly?
2: I love that, by the way. That's fantastic. Um, So, you know, connect with us on our website. You know, if you are a business that's looking to get started or, you know, really up your game in SMS, MMS, text marketing, communications, go to our website, click learn more, click get started. If you want to, you know, do it yourself, book a demo, Uh, you might end up on the phone with Sarah. Um, She's pretty hilarious as well. Uh, so that's one way to connect with us, follow us on LinkedIn. My team does a great job of keeping our content up to date there. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm not so great at keeping things up to date, but it's on my, my, uh, my goals for this year. So maybe I'll get better. Um, social media in general, I, we do a lot of Instagram, things like that. So, but just look for tap on it. Um. And yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Katie Castillo Wilson, and at Tap on It in Davenport, Iowa. So there you go. If you're ever driving through the Midwest, look us up.
1: <laughs> awesome. We'll be sure to link those different uh, different places to follow and stay in touch in our show notes. Um, with that, I think we're all set for today, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on today's episode, and uh, looking thank forward to guys. staying in touch.
2: This was so fun. And look, I mean, I got super pumped up at five o'clock, and and now here we go. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie.
1: Looking forward to staying in touch.
2: You too.
0: Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibes a little low key. Okie dokie, that's alright, but I don't know how to do things differently.